Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. What's up, you wonderful folks? This is Alex with Swamp Rat Fishing, and tonight, this is Bass and Brews. We've got a killer guest. I'm really stoked to have him on. Uh, we've been trying to set this up for a while now, so uh, I'm really stoked to have him on. Before we get started, uh, I want to talk to folks about Hookset Hoodlums. Um, hopefully, you can uh, you know give some time so we can tell you about Hookset, all right? This is more than a company. This is a movement that's spreading across uh, this is one of the realest group of anglers that you guys uh, will ever meet. Uh, everybody on that pro staff team, they're real. They're all sticks in their own way. We got tournament anglers. We've got people that make stupid fucking podcasts. Um, we've got it all. So uh, head on over to hooksethoodlums.com. Use uh, discount code SWAMPRATFISHING. Save yourself some cash. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Damien over at Stretching Lines. Um, this guy's like a in his basement homemade bait maker who is making really good stuff. Like you guys definitely have to check him out. Um, all of his baits, they're really good. He's got great colors. He'll even give you some custom stuff uh, if you ask for it. So definitely check him out. That's stretchinglines.com. Tonight, we've got the one, the only Nate Shagnon. Did I say that right? Shagnon. You got it. You got it. We got him on the show, and we're going to have a first here on this uh, world-famous, uh, critically acclaimed podcast that is Bass and Brews. We actually had a drink request from a guest. That's never happened before. <laughs> to be honest, normally on Bass and Brews, I'm the only one that's drinking anything for about 75% of the podcast. Everybody else is drinking water or juice or some other ridiculousness. So Nate said that tonight we're drinking Jameson. There ain't no brew on that. We're drinking Jameson. So, Nate, thanks for coming on. Cheers to you, brother. No problem, buddy. Cheers. Never been a big beer guy, but uh, Bass and Brews, I figured we'd make it whiskey Ooh. and brews tonight. I'm going to, if you guys know me, I'm more of a bourbon guy. I do like some whiskey, and uh, it's going to be a fun one because uh, the whiskey <laughs> hit quick. So, so uh, Nate's a kayak angler. He's out of the Northeast. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're like Massachusetts. Connecticut, Rhode Island, some dumb fucking state up there. That's all the same, right? Uh, I am out of Taunton, Massachusetts. Uh, originally from the Natick Framingham area, but uh, now I reside in Taunton, which some of the best fishing in Massachusetts, man. I, I, 
you guys always catch big ones, but I mean, you can only catch them for like four months out of the year, and then it gets really uh, cold. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. You just got to know how to fish them deep in the cold weather. That's that's awesome. true, and I definitely want to get into that because uh, if you guys don't follow Nate, he has been on a tear lately on tournaments, and he is a tournament fisherman, um, and not like uh, he's probably the biggest name we've had on here. Um, in case you guys are, are just listening on the podcast, not watching it. Uh, he's the first guy to ever put big checks behind him. So uh, that's how big the name is we got here. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was uh, that was still an amazing day. Uh, that actually happened this March. I went down to uh, Alabama, and it was actually uh, it was special for me. If you listen to any of my other podcasts, um, happened to be my uh, sister's birthday weekend. And I'm sure we'll get into that yeah. later. But, uh, yeah, no, I went down there, man, uh, pre-fishing. You know, I found a spot, found a couple of 17s, and wasn't really fishing hard. And uh, I rolled in there day one of the tournament, and within an hour and a half, put up four 18s and a 1750. That's fantastic. Followed that up with another 18, a 22 kicker. And uh, it was enough to bring me third place and give me uh, – I actually tied. We both had a 22, but uh, I tied. He caught it earlier. I got uh, second for biggest bass. For lunker. Man, uh, that was just and, – and, and what's great is that since then – like uh you you've just been killing it still you're you're still at the top at the top of these tournaments that are coming so, up which is awesome i've had a couple of good finishes uh, i came back in the first ever makb east tournament of this year uh, i had a second place finish uh kenwood had me by a mile but uh we had about everybody else by 20 inches right and i had a second place finish there uh I finished twice one spot out of the money in the West. And then uh, this past weekend, MAKB East actually fished the Nashua River and I cashed a check in uh, fourth place there. And that's, I mean, these aren't, these are, uh, you Northeast guys, like I feel like, um, I feel like the South has their like own kind of deal, right? Those Southern kayak guys, those guys out of Texas and Alabama have their own deal. But then once you kind of move up the coast, I feel like, you know, Jersey, we don't have a huge scene for kayak fishing here. I know it's kind of popular in Maryland, but like the big sticks, it, it's getting up in New England. It's getting that New York, Massachusetts area. You guys well, definitely let, love to compete. Let's put it this way. I placed fourth this weekend. The guy who placed first, he put up 102 and a half inches. <laughs> And he had it by 8.18 a.m. That is insane. Dude. I don't know what to say on that one. That's nuts. Like, yeah. 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 It's it's definitely not shy of uh, talent up here. We actually – actually, give me a second. I want to show something on All right. He's going to drop something special. I think he actually just wanted to move so we could see those checks again. Again, if you're not uh, listening or watching this on YouTube, you're missing out. Um, he's got some big old checks in the background. So I actually got these stickers we had made. I don't know mm-hmm. if you can read that. It says no respect. Yeah. And it has the whole Northeast. 
And, dude, we got some sticks up here. And I feel like we're overlooked a lot. And I have no credibility for making those stickers. That was made by a buddy, good friend of ours, but it speaks for a lot of us up here. I, I think you're absolutely right. And then if you look at, I, I don't know if you looked at some of the standings from the national championship. This is being recorded on the 15th of uh, June. Uh, mm-hmm. So the national championships was just last weekend, right? If, if you look at some of those, there's a lot of people from the North. A lot of people from the Northeast were up on that. If you look at the KBF rookies of the year, the past three years, uh, every rookie of the year has come out of Massachusetts. We had Joe Dedeo in 2018. Yep. We had Derek Brundle in 2019, and we had uh, Matt Carnett. Okay. And uh, he was also the national championship and the trail championship and challenge championship. That's insane. Yep. And then done one everything under the sun his rookie year, but. <laughs> and all coming out north. So, so you southern <laughs> guys, you all need to watch out because uh, coming, folks are coming for your necks. Um, <laughs> So, so how'd you get started in fishing and kayak fishing uh, in particular? So uh, I started fishing, you know, I fished growing up. It was just a fun thing to do. I think I fished in my first ever tournament. I think I was seven years old. Oh, wow. And I fished from the bank and uh, I won like third place for youth. And I actually still have the original floating Rapala to this day that I won for that. But then, you know, I never fished another tournament again until I was like 21. But mm-hmm. uh, I kind of gave up on fishing in high school. So uh, I lost my mom late in high school. And then uh, right after high school, my sister was diagnosed with uh, stage four breast cancer. And uh, she lived with me. And uh, it was just me and her in a two-bedroom apartment. And kind of when she passed, I was struggling really hard. And, uh, you know, kind of at that fork in the road, what path are you going to go down? And uh, a buddy of mine introduced me to kayak fishing. And uh, it changed my life. I I fell deeply in love with it. And then... uh, I think it was 2018, I found MAKB, Mm -hmm. and that changed my life. I fished one tournament with them, and I hopped into it all the way. Next thing I know, I was traveling to New York for KBF tournaments, and I was fishing every weekend, and uh, it became my therapy, my church, my everything. I think it's uh – I, I, I know, like, I don't know if you know this, uh, but I heard your interview on Jigs and Bigs. Uh, that was the first time. Um, I don't I don't think I was part of Hookset yet. Um, and I heard your interview. And when I heard you kind of explain your whole journey over there, that was like uh, it actually. So it kind of motivated me to want to do this stupid fucking podcast. Right. Uh, but I wanted to do it because. And I think I told you, no, I was definitely part of Hookset because I remember telling you, like, dude, you've got a story to tell. You're somebody we can all root for. Like, you are, like, you've gone through a lot and you've um, gone through um, some some really dark stuff, but then came out on top. You know what I mean? Like, you came out ahead of that. And I think that's just really awesome. And I don't know if you knew, but, like, the reason why I was like, okay, I got to kickstart this. I want to do this sooner is because I feel like there's a lot 
of folks out there, a lot of anglers, because the whole idea on the show is to get folks that where folks in the fishing community who don't have these like big podcasts to go, we're not jugs and bugs. We don't have 9,800 uh, million uh, listeners in Pakistan, right? So I want to make sure that every man can get out there and kind of get uh, their word out. And you were really the drive for that after I heard your story. It's just absolutely amazing, brother. I really appreciate it, man. I mean, I came up, uh, my mom was diagnosed when I was one with a uh, non-curable cancer. She had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, my mother actually started her own charity. And uh, I was always taught to embrace your story. You know, mm-hmm. don't ever hide from it. And uh when my sister passed and, you know, I finally realized fishing was what called to me. It was what made me feel whole. Right. And, uh, I knew it all tied in. I mean, I go to the water every tournament. I uh, I say a prayer to my mother and my sister and I ask them, just give me a chance. I'll do the rest. Just give me a chance. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been a wild ride, but I wouldn't trade any of it, any of it, you know. Uh, those two years I got to spend with my sister, I feel like we grew closer than anybody. And, uh, you know, I fished a little bit back then when she was stuck in the hospital, and she always loved to see the fishing photos and everything. And right. It, uh, it just carried on. Next thing I know, I found tournaments and... I didn't like, you know, fishing for fun anymore. <laughs> if if there wasn't that competitive edge, you know, uh, yeah, I, I strived for it. Like, like, I mean, that, that's crazy how you would go from that. Because again, a lot of folks, uh, I'm one of them. Like, I fish for 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 peace of mind. I do my thing, right? But uh, there is, uh, and and you're you're one of them. Like, what, what what makes that drive from that? Because you did say fishing's your therapy, your church but also that you don't like to fish for fun. Like you want to fish for those high stakes, like it all, like well, what, what is it that kicks before, that drive? Before fishing, you know, I was a, uh, I was a wrestler. I was captain junior and senior year. I was a uh, division one varsity as a freshman. And uh, I always had that competitive drive, you know, that was my therapy before fishing. And, uh, mm-hmm. When I tore my ACL the second time, you know, that kind of went away. But uh, I always still had that competitive edge. and You know, I fun fished for a while, but once I found tournament fishing, it just, it filled that hole and it became everything. You know, when I'm not fishing, I'm YouTubing lakes I have on the schedule for tournaments. Right. So I'm looking at new baits. I'm, I'm figuring something out or I'm in the group chat with you hooligans talking about fishing. So. There is very little. I mean, there is a minuscule amount of fishing talked on that thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure today there was just a long thread of insults about the car purchase I made that had nothing to do with insults or had nothing to do with fishing. And I that lasted for an hour. Say, I can safely say I only logged on once today, and it was to say I was doing the podcast <laughs> with you. And I was sometimes, like, I'm sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you got to take a minute. Like I don't have notifications <laughs> on because no, when Cody no, goes on, when Cody not. goes on his ramp, right? Like his rants, like you're, my phone's blowing up. The missus is thinking I got a mistress, and she's like. 
who's this Cody? Is that Cody with an eye? No, no, it's a big, large hillbilly from uh, Maryland is who it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that uh, I had turned that off. That was going off at work, and I couldn't tell if it was work or that, and it became too much for me. <laughs> All right, what would you say your uh, your fishing style is? Are you more uh, pattern or uh, power, finesse? Are you more pattern or are you more spot-oriented? I'd say it depends on what I'm fishing. Um, I love an offshore bite. I am absolutely, I seek that offshore that a lot of guys don't look at. I look right. for, uh, I tend to strive early season, late season, and when it's getting into the hot of summer. I don't know if you noticed whole bed fishing, man. I did terrible in tournaments. The second they started going deep again, I kicked yeah. that up. And uh, I'd also say I strive in river fishing. I grew up fishing the uh, Charles River here in Massachusetts. Okay. And uh, I mean, I just I love river fishing. You look at my top three KBF finishes uh, all time. Every one of them has come off a river system. Wow. And uh, it's just one of those things I understand well with current and where bait fish run. It's it's gotten to the point I've gone out fun fishing with buddies and I can almost call my spot on the uh, Charles River. So that's a good feeling. That's a uh, man during the spawn. Uh, so about a month ago, when it was really like that prime time for us here, I was out on River X. And uh, I was with a buddy. I didn't record it. I didn't film anything. He hadn't been in town. He's in the military like I am. And he hadn't been home in two years. So he comes <laughs> out. And uh, he's the one that initially showed me this kind of tidal river that I fish all the time. And uh, it was really cool to be able to, like, show him. Because he hasn't been there. And the river always changes. You know what I mean? And I remember being yeah. like, yo, there's a fish right there. And he's like, no, nah, they, they don't post up there. I'm like, dude, there's a fish right there. <laughs> Throw this in that spot do exactly this. And he's like, it's not going to work. He threw it in there. It was like a four and a half pound. And that was like the only, like at that point, that was the first fish he caught of the whole trip. And he's like, all yeah. right, well, you, can, can you just call the spots for me? And it's, I wish I had it recorded. Cause I, I went six for six on calling spots for him. To catch <laughs> fish. It was it's, amazing. It's to the point, like if, I, if it wasn't pouring rain out and I was <laughs> to roll this window up, you can like see the Taunton river from right. my, I just, I love river fishing. I mean, if you saw my write-up on the uh, Nashua River event this uh, weekend, I came in fourth. I went into that thing completely blind. I mm -hmm. had never fished the Nashua River before, and I think I called it in the Hookset Hoodlums group chat to Cody. It's like, we got a river coming up. I bet you I'm going to be up there. And I went out completely blind. I found some stuff that reminded me of the Taunton River. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to what I throw there and put up an early limit. And I uh, just kept calling from there and wound up in fourth. So I love it. River fishing's my bread and butter. But when it comes to big lakes, very rarely will you see me hitting the bank. I'm usually so looking for offshore grass flats, ledges, stuff like that. So when you're fishing that offshore stuff, do you have – so offshore for me, I, I'm definitely a shallow-minded fisherman. I like to keep tight to the bank. Um, 
are you running? I know you run a graph because uh, we were in that chat and you were like, hey, you need yep. to run a graph. And I'm like, I'm too lazy. I've never got to run one. Um, are you running like a big old unit on it? Because I feel like sometimes it is intimidating because I feel like that graph is definitely a barrier of entry to do that offshore stuff. So I wouldn't say I'm running a huge unit. I'm running the uh, 6.3 Garmin uh, EcoMap. Okay. So I do have Navionics on my fish finder. Mm-hmm. I run a, uh, I run a three screen fish finder. So I have a, uh, I have one. So the whole left side of my screen is all maps. Navionics shows me drop, shows me points, stuff like that. And then I have the chirp and the traditional graph running split screen on the right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like Pickwick, uh, when I went down to Alabama, I set up my whole game plan. We launched in a creek, and uh, I started looking for secondary points and stuff like that. I saw it got down to, like, 40 feet, so I was looking for, like, that 12-foot range. They weren't there. I wound up finding them a little bit shallower. I think I found them in, like, 9 feet, if I remember correctly. But I've always just – I've never really been that bang the bank. I feel yeah. like any angler can bang the bank. I feel like it takes a little bit more to uh, go digest that lake. I, I, I fully agree, uh, but a, a quick retort almost. So so I feel like as these live scopes, these uh, forward-facing, these, these live uh, sonars become more available, right? Because dudes are putting, like, pan optics and shit on their kayaks, like, pretty common oh, yeah. almost right oh, so yeah. i feel like that's gonna push more guys. dudes more dudes <laughs> offshore right because they're already seeing it in the bass boat world where more guys are fishing offshore than oh, uh shallow and then the guys who are shallow so at some point this year um i don't know if you follow uh professional bass fishing but like bill lowen mm-hmm. hadn't won a trophy and however many years he's been in Bassmaster, right? And he knocked one out fishing shallow. And I remember hearing him talk about it and he was like, nobody was fishing. Nobody was fishing shallow grass. Nobody no. was fishing fallow, shallow wood. Everybody was offshore staring at their grass the whole time. I don't know. I've found in the past four years, a lot of guys will uh, go bang the bank, you know, there's uh, at least in kayak fishing. You right. Know? We uh we all have regular jobs. There's there's a couple of guys I fish tournaments with that you know do it for a living. And mm-hmm. I should say women, Christine Fisher. Christine uh, Fisher, beast. But uh no, I mean most of us, you know, we work a nine to five or a, for me six to whenever they decide <laughs> to let us out. <laughs> but uh no, so you know, most of us you see guys just, you know, show up, bang the bank. and it's, I'll see a couple of guys offshore. I mean, my best friend who uh, really taught me how to read a graph, John Ferreira, you'll, uh, nine times out of ten, you'll see that guy offshore. Yeah. So. I, it's it's got to be something I need to add, maybe. Um, not a lot of guys, like, I never see kayaks offshore. My lakes aren't very big either, though. Uh, I fish New Jersey, so... Um, they're just little like garbage pit shitholes. Um, so there's not a lot of like, e- even our offshore stuff isn't cause everything's a bowl. We don't have any of that like sweet structure or anything cool. Like anywhere else has like, 
you know, you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of people will put on videos like, oh, make sure you go to the Creek Arms. And then I, I look at a picture of the lake and I'm like, well, there's um, like a, a waste treatment center. Yeah. And there's a rehab on the other side. I don't know where your uh, Creek Arm is. Dude, I live in Massachusetts. I know all about that shit. <laughs> There's certain stuff I relate to, like, when I go fish these national events down south. And then up here, it's just, dude, it's a whole different ballgame. It ain't set up like it it's is crazy. on the giant lakes, you know. We're yeah. we're not a big state up here either. I'm actually, I'm, I'm not sure if New Jersey is bigger than Massachusetts. No, nah, it's way either. smaller. It's way smaller. Really? Dude, I can get from Cape May, which is the southern tip of New Jersey. I can get to New York City in like two hours. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so our stuff is not only is it small, but it's like super uh, pressured if you have it, right? But I, I will say it's not as pressured as most places because nobody gives a shit about freshwater here for the most part. They're all fishing stripers. They're all doing fluke. Like saltwater is king here. Mm-hmm. And I'm the odd man out like, hey, you guys want to catch some largemouth? And they're like, well, I was going to get a 30 pound striper, but I guess we can do a three pound bass. That's OK. So I graduated high school uh, one town shy of Cape Cod, mm-hmm. just before you go over the bridge. And I've always been a freshwater fisherman. And dude, I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, yeah, tank scrubbers. Like we're going <laughs> for stripers. Like, and I was like, yeah, no, I just, uh, I like fresh water. I like those little green guys. They're cute. I like yeah. them. The brown, the brown ones that jump a lot. That's my favorite. <laughs> See, that's on my bucket list. So we, we have one lake in South Jersey and they stock them. They have to stock smallies. Oh, um, you want a smallmouth bite? You come up. I'll put you on. Dude, between you, I know Wild Bill was talking about putting me on. I'm like, they are a bucket list fish for me. Listen, let's be realistic. Well, I'm going to go fishing with you before Wild Bill. Um, We've established this multiple times that Wild (laughs) Bill is uh, about as Guggen and Juggalo as you can get. Um, He's uh, pretty much a fake fisherman. He Uh just does it for the pictures. He carries around a cooler full of fish and he just pulls them out and uh takes a picture with them i'm not gonna go down this road because we might <laughs> both get kicked off the bro <laughs> wild bill i love you man you're uh yeah you, you, you know so he's, like, like he, he's awesome and he hit me up in chat yesterday i had uh for the listeners my car like blew up on the way to work at 4.30 in the morning, just blew up like smoke. I thought I hit the jackpot in Atlantic City. Every single light came on. Uh, so what ended up happening was my radiator out of nowhere decided to just explode in my car and seized up the engine. But so I was dealing with that and I had to work. And out of nowhere, I get a DM from Bill on one of my breaks at work. And he's like, hey, man, you good? I haven't heard from you today. You you all right over there? I'm like, I'm good, man. He's got a lot of shit going on. But he was just checking in. I liked it. I liked it. He was... Wild Bill's a good dude, but he is not a fisherman at all. He's more of a model than anything. He's he's got a couple of good fish. He's got a couple. He's uh he's he's I don't want to say anything bad. (laughs) Uh, So Bill Bill's actually I have never personally spoken to Ken or Andrew. Right. Bill is the only one I've ever dealt with. Uh, Bill actually signed me. The day before Alabama, 
That's a good sign, Literally Bill. Listen, Bill, I that's had, a good sign. I had finished cree fishing in Alabama. Come back to the Airbnb. It was our first night there, and he had emailed me the contract. Yeah. And I signed that Friday morning when I woke up, and I emailed it back to him. And Saturday rolled around, Nick hit, and he texted me, and he was like, did that really just happen? And I sent him the photo, and I was like, you best believe I had the hat on, too, as right. I'm, you know, holding the two checks on stage. And, That's a yeah, good right. that- Bill, Bill, you're a shit fisherman, but you are a great uh, uh, talent scout. You, you got Dude, that down. It was literally the day before. Like, I, I don't know. That whole trip was crazy. I actually, uh, me and Bobby were talking about doing the Jigs and Bigs uh, interview. And we had talked, and I actually told him, I'm like, listen, I'm going to Alabama next week. I'm like, let's wait. Just in yeah. case I do something, let's wait. And when it happened, I remembered texting him, and I'm like, I'm so happy we waited. And he's like, I can't believe it. Like that's, I mean, it was good timing. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's that's very serendipitous. All that timing. Oh uh, yeah, it, that whole weekend, it still just feels surreal. Like <laughs> I think about it as a dream. But so, uh, what kind of kayak do you fish out of? Um, I actually fish out of, and uh, I want to give a shout out on this. I've already said his name once, uh, John Ferreira. Any of you are interested in getting in the same kayak as me, reach out to this man. Um, I'm fishing out of a Wilderness Recon uh, 120 HD. Uh, He's on the Wildy staff. He got his... He was uh, telling me about it, and uh, I went and looked at him. Man, I was sold. It is the most stable kayak I've ever been in. Uh, When I sight fish, I actually stand on the seat, and I have absolutely no worries about going in. Um, I believe that kayak has a lot to do with my success this year. Uh, I went from a paddle feel-free 13 lure to that this year. And uh, Alabama was actually my first ever tournament out of the recon. And uh, that, it's been nothing but good to me. The storage in the hatch, the through haul transducer ability it has, everything about it is is amazing. So it's funny you mentioned that it made a big deal. Um, And it's you shifting to pedals right? Instead of the paddle. Mm-hmm. So is, is that a big deal? I can absolutely tell you that 22 I put on the board in uh, Alabama would not have happened without pedals. Um, I threw that thing up into a lay down in about six inches of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was running the bank on my way to another secondary point and, uh, just so happened to come across a lay down. There was actually a bass boat coming at me, and I told them, like, hey, man, I'm in second. Do you mind? And uh, <laughs> they were like, I tell you what, you can have the whole cove. And they were actually super cool about it, dude. I passed them on the way to the award ceremony, 
and they were loading up and they were screaming, how'd you do? And I was like, third place. I got a six pounder off that log. And they were like, no way. Like jumping <laughs> strangers I'd never met before. But uh, I threw that up in six inches of water and it was literally right in between two laydowns. And the second I stuck him, I knew he was good. I had hooked into a 22 about uh, 20 minutes before that I lost off the board. And uh, I said into him, and I knew he was big, and I didn't even reel him in. I just backpedaled, and I dragged him directly out right. of the trees. And uh, that was a huge difference going from the feel-free paddle. You know. So, so I think even more. Uh, I've been having these conversations with different anglers, and it comes up to the, uh, it comes up to basically like Hobie versus everybody else, right? And I truly think that, like, I understand Hobie has a, they have a product with their fin system, right? Like you flutter yeah. kick that thing in shallow water, you're always going to beat out a prop, one hundred percent. I get that, right? But the ability to reverse, I do it all the time on the river, right? Because whenever you're in a kayak, you're giving up so much leverage no matter what, right? Because so it's moving. Free, the feel-free has instant reverse. Right. And it's actually easier than the Hobie. The Hobie, you got to pull something to change right. it. Feel-free, or uh, not feel-free, I'm sorry, the wilderness system. It's all Wilderness isn't feel- a, uh, it's not a... Uh, um, it's not a flipper system. It's a prop system, right? Yeah, it's like a bike pedal. Yeah. And all I have to do to reverse is literally back pedal in the wilderness, and I love it. I think I if it, I think on the market, you're going to see more of those. So if you look again to that national championship that just happened, there wasn't a lot of Hobie guys up there. There wasn't. It was a lot of Old Town. Uh and, and just basically like anything with a, a prop style uh, motor on it, right? You know what I mean? Like, so I feel like a lot of folks think you need that Hobie. I actually think, me personally, I think, I think those those instant reserve, reverse drives are way better. Again, on the river, when I set into a fish, I hit that fish because you give up so much leverage. It's almost now muscle memory of when I hit it, I'm instantly reversing to counteract where you're going to yeah. drag yourself into them. And you can't do that on a Hobie. It's impossible. So there's a couple of things that come into that argument, though. Mm -hmm. I think think a lot of us are going to trolling motors. You know, the XI3s, the uh, Torquitos, the Bixby's. Yep. So I think a lot of that pedal, obviously, I mean, like, there's still tournament trails that don't allow it. The uh, EOS, they don't allow it, and they're they're a huge name trail. Yep. Um, I don't personally fish them, but they're a huge name trail. And, uh, but I think a lot of it's going motor. I think, uh, I think in the next year, I'll probably have a motor. See, I hope not. Uh, It's funny you mentioned that, too. Uh, The podcast that's going to air before this one, uh, me and Paul Roberts go pretty deep into that. Um, I I think it goes against what this should be. I I personally would like no motors on it. I want to keep pedal drive only um, because I think there is a big... I'm an offshore fisherman. Right. Spot lock plays a huge part 
you're you're completely right, but but I think we get away from the spirit of this, right? Which would be that it was very accessible for everybody. When we start those 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 early or those spot lock boats right now are 4K minimum. Um, yeah, I mean, right, right. So we're losing. In, if you take in everything we put onto it, the rods, the tackle, right. everything, even the pedal drives are 4K minimum. I mean, right. You no, no, no. But, but, but when you start adding those trolling drive. motors, you're cranking it up way more. And I feel like it adds me personally. I think it takes away from what this was supposed to be, but I totally get it because the tournament scene, like in fishing in general tournaments drive sales, they drive the whole scene. Right. Um, mm. And as more tournaments, I mean, more dudes are getting way more competitive with it, which is awesome. I love seeing it. I want to see it blow up. I love, I don't do any tournament fishing, uh, mostly because I'm really fucking lazy. Um, I try to do those like monthly things and I just like, I forget the board and then I'm like, fuck it. And then honestly, like I do YouTube and shit. So I already got like two cameras on the fucking boat. Now I got to measure this thing. Like that's not, unless you're going to be paying me full time. Now I want to do like when I get out of the service, I want to actually do more and i i don't want to do the monthly things jigs and bigs they've ran those two monthly things i've done nothing but donate money because i've either forgotten the board or looked at it and went like nah fuck that uh hey here's my fish i'd rather talk to that camera instead you know what i mean it's 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 all right i've donated to like (laughs) i joined them to join them and Mm -hmm. i still have text threads with sean like dude i'm a bass fisherman like I did that stuff in the winter. That's mm-hmm. when I started it. I actually won uh, a chronic trips in December um, or tied for first. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's on YouTube. I probably shouldn't have done the air quotes. But uh, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> we can edit that out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, There's no editing. <laughs> If you just wouldn't have said anything, you would have been fine because well, nobody watches the replays. <laughs> so, uh, but when it comes to like this time of year, you know, March through October, man, I got a bass tournament almost every weekend. So those right. multi-species, I'm really just donating. Like, you know, I'll get, yeah. a, I'll get a pike. I'll get this and that on a chatterbait here and yeah. there, but. I mean, I ain't going for catfish. I ain't going for, you know, carp. I don't like catfish. Like I think that. catfish are the devil's fish. And carp, they're the devil's fish, too. I don't Teddy goes fishing. Big props to you, man. You're, like, slaying those scale sides. Uh, I don't like any of them. Uh, they can go pack sand. I just, you know, I just don't have time, man. I work a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Road work. You, uh, you get a lot of overtime, man. When you cut yeah. into a pipe, you can't stop until it's reconnected. And uh, weekends are really the only chance I get in between KBF, MAKB, and Elite. Nine times out of ten, I'm, I'm bass fishing every weekend. So, Yeah, that's something I want to, again, like when I get out, I feel like I can devote more time. Uh, but the monthly, the online-only deal monthly thing, for me, that's not it. I'd rather go out and maybe I'll put down the YouTube at that point because I want to concentrate on that. But like, if I'm going to go out like on a normal session, I've got, I usually got like three, you know, two, three cameras running in the boat. And mm. the last thing I want to do is worry about measuring a seven inch bluegill. So this is not my jam. And again, this isn't a, a crap on uh, Sean. I know he created his whole thing. Sean, 
it's awesome for me. It's but it's not for me. I won't be donating anymore. I will still wear my PFD, so you can. It's not a big deal. Sean doesn't listen to this. He's too big for this. So, um, but I'll still wear my PFD. Um, listen, he might listen to this one. He's good friends with me. <laughs> he no, he still won't. They don't even know the name of the podcast yet. I can't. Bobby gave me a shout out, not in this last episode, but the other one. It took him three times to get the name right, which is good. That's an upgrade because before he just said the Rats podcast, which was like similar. <laughs> Once again, uh, I'm going to keep it professional. <laughs> I bypass this this comment, but all right. What is what's the number one bait that you hate to throw, but you know you got to throw it to catch fish? Drop shot, drop shot, my man. Because I hate that bait. I uh, hate that bait. It's a lot of. Uh, a lot of waiting, but let me get, don't get me wrong. I've won money off it. I have absolutely won money off it, but it's a lot of waiting offshore fishing. You're throwing it, but uh, one thing I hate to throw more than the drop shot and you will very rarely meet see me throw even if other people are catching them on them it's the ned rig okay i cannot stand to throw the ned rig i don't know what it is about it just i can't stand throwing it see i'm the opposite i well i haven't been throwing the ned rig a lot lately right but i i'd rather throw the ned rig than that drop shot no and i it's but the ned rig you can fish different ways right so i feel like if i get bored at least i can fish in a different way well, here's the thing. I fish the drop shot in a very unconventional way. Uh, Ken Wood actually calls it the Shagnon Shuffle. <laughs> and uh, I almost fish it like jerk bait. Like with chatterbait, I'm like this the whole time. And okay. I'm just making – or the drop shot. Right. I'm just making that bait wake basically right across the bottom. And I – I don't fish it, you know, out there. I might have to try that. That seems a little more exciting. Yeah, that's what I do is I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, and I'm not a power fisherman. That is not my strong point. Uh, I'm getting better at it. That's not my strong point. But like drop shot, like I have a whole rod. I have a reel. I've got uh, probably hundreds of dollars worth of baits. And they all look pretty as they sit in a box (laughs) with the reel next to it where I just don't even bring anymore. Like I just, I can't stand that bait. (laughs) Dude, I, uh. I've I fished a drop shot very unconventionally, but the Ned, oh, I can't stand it. It's too slow for me. I can't do it. Have you tried to fish at the other retrieves though? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I fished that. I don't get me wrong, I've caught giant right. fish right, off right. the Ned. I've fished it when I've needed to, but it's it's not one I often go tied to. You're going for it. Go on, you know. I go out with seven rods. I was about ready to ask that. So you go with seven. Okay. Seven, yeah. Very, uh, I go two spinning, uh, two spinning five bait casts. Okay. And uh, very rarely is a net tied on to one of them spinning. That seems about the good number, though, of rods, uh, because that was my next question. Like, I run six when I go out. Unless it's winter time, and then I bring just like a shitty, crappy rod because that's all I'm gonna. Oh, catch. I bring everything when it's winter time. Oh everything. man, 
I'm a, listen, I'm so, again, not a power fisherman. I'm usually not an impatient fisherman. Winter, though, I for some reason, I turn impatient. And I'm like, you know what? You, you want to know why I turn impatient? Is because where I fish, the crappie, they become, they're everywhere in the winter. And they get to be yeah. like two, they're like two pound crappie. So I grab okay. a little like wet noodle, five foot five piece of crap. And I'll wail on those things all day like I'm a 60-year-old man in Alabama and just be fine with it. So uh, uh, usually when I go out, I got a drop shot rod, Sanko rod. I run a uh, crankbait, usually a uh, 3XD. Okay. Uh, if I'm shallow, I'm usually going Rapala Brat. Um, I throw a spinnerbait rod. Usually, uh, Strike King or uh, Z Man. Mm-hmm. Um, then I throw a top water rod. Um, I throw a chatterbait rod consistently for for your chatter. Uh-huh. Let, let's pause for a minute. So the chatterbait rod, because there is two schools of thought on that. Are you doing more parabolic? Or are you doing stiff with braid and all that? No braid. Um, actually the only braid I have on is, uh, my spinning rods. Okay. Everything else I'm rocking, uh, 15 to 20 pound P line fluoro. Okay. But, but, but uh, then on your chatterbait rod, are you, is that one like a medium heavy fast action? Or are you doing more of a moderate? So I'm going to use this time and do a huge shout out. So, uh, actually the day before, I shouldn't say the day. The week before, uh, I played second in A1 tournament. I was out on Charles River, mm-hmm. and uh, I hit a rogue wave, and I lost my chatterbait rod. And uh, Joe at Old Glory, and uh, this is where we'll announce the huge news because it rolls into it. I don't um, have any of those, like, sirens or soundboards, but I can <laughs> give you, like, a... That's what I got for you. We're low so this is airing after it'll be announced, but uh, I'm officially being announced as Old Glory Outdoors Pro Staff. Um, I actually called Joe from the Charles River, still fishing, and said, dude, I just lost this rod. I know it's what I need for uh, A1. What can you do for me? And that man one day shipped brand new rod, brand new reel, brand new. He took care of me. And I mean, it was a step above what I even owned. And uh, I turned around and I threw that rod all day at A1. I did not pick another rod up. And uh, that was what it was. It won me some money. It paid for the rod. Right. Uh, so I'm throwing a loose speed stick, medium heavy, um, with the KVD uh, loose reel. Right. It's an eight to one ratio, mm-hmm. and uh, the rod is a fast action tip. Okay. And usually on my chatterbait, I'm going to use this point to shout out somebody else. Uh, usually on my chatterbait, I'm throwing the fresh bait scorpion on the back of it. And, uh, 
because they all tie in together. Joe actually announced this week that uh, Fresh Baits will be carried in Old Glory Outdoors. That's a good deal. That's a good deal for Fresh Baits. That's awesome. And Joe, but, I mean, that's a good deal for Fresh Baits. That's awesome. Dude, it's uh, it's awesome. I actually talked to both of them about this before it happened, and uh, it's – it's an amazing deal uh, if you're looking for what I'm throwing. Uh, if you're looking for what I won these on at uh, Alabama, reach out to Joe. He'll uh, he'll give you the secret. So so that scorpion, uh, again, with the chatterbait, there's kind of two schools of thought. So that scorpion, does that give a ton of action on the back of that chatterbait, or is it more of a subtle? So uh, it's throwing like, dude, when I put that scorpion on, so I ripped the tail off it in mm-hmm. the six legs plus the craw. To me, I only throw jackhammer chatterbait. Right. But it seems to triple the vibration that okay. comes off that chatterbait. I, I, I've noticed uh, a lot of people talk about like um, – like, I, I'm not a fan of the chatterbait. I think it's an overused, overrated bait. I know a lot of dudes, especially tournament guys, love it, and I totally get it because it'll get your active fish, you know what I mean? Me not being a tournament guy and just my style of fish, I prefer the swim jig. But I will say um, I did find some success with it when I stopped going for, like, big, giant boot tails on the back of chatterbaits, and I went for something with less action because me mm-hmm. personally, I found that when you did those big boots – when they would add that secondary action to the bait, that would actually stop your vibration. It wouldn't like you, you were impeding what you're paying 900. What is it? 999 bucks now for a jackhammer. So <laughs> you, you were impeding that action by putting that big boot tail on. Right. So I, I would throw um, the, the swim yawn from big bite baits or uh, Zayco, something with less action on the back to let that jig kind of do its deal. So here's what you need to think about, though. Mm-hmm. Where that bait, bait, uh, the blade vibrates compared to the rest of the bait. Now, with those baits you were talking, they yeah. come up and almost behind the blade, mm-hmm. and that affects the chatter. If you look how the scorpion sits on them, right? Um, give me a second. I got one. Okay. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd like to see it. Again, chatterbaits are, uh, I mean, I shouldn't say I think they're overrated. They're not. Obviously, they're fish catching machines. I'm not a tournament guy. Um, but for me, like a chatterbait, is, it's something that, like, I was always told I have to throw. And I had zero success. And I think there is, it's become like a easy money button, what people think with the chatterbait. Like, throw whatever you want. I think there is a lot of nuance to it. Um, and I think maybe I should give it another good go. Uh, with it, uh, with the new information that I've been trying to learn this year on that chatterbait. Because as much as I love the swim jig, and I love, I <laughs> love the swim jig, I love just cranking, throw that thing in hot New Jersey garbage, and they just hammer it and run, and you can set into them, and then you can just lean on them and not have to worry about it, right? I love that bite, but... The thing I don't like about the swim jig, and as much as I, I'm trying to give as much action, secondary action to a swim jig as possible, is I'm not going to get that vibration. I'm not going to get that dirty water attention that a swim jig is going to give. You know what I mean? Like that's its, its fault. As I get more Jameson as we break this down. This is actually the bait 
if you look at this, it has no skirt on it. It's oh, there is no skirt. It's missing, uh, where's the camera, a bunch of its paint. Mm-hmm. So this thing was tied on Saturday morning at Lake Pickwick when I placed third. Wow. This is how it came out out of that. So you don't get the <laughs> color. You don't get to see the skirt. Okay. But I can show you how I set it up. Okay. So if you look at it, I hang the craw. I think that's totally different than. So it is well under where the blade vibrates in mm-hmm. these six legs in the craw. Mm-hmm. I feel triple the vibration. But are you saying that's adding? Oh man, so that's kind of blowing my mind. So you're saying that because the jackhammer is probably the best one out there, right? It's it's again, it's nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents for a reason. The thing catches money. It, it's as soon as you start reeling, there's like zero delay. It gets extra thump to it, right? But you're mm-hmm. saying um, the mistake a lot of folks are doing is they're because of the the trailer they're putting on that's interfering with the thump that it's giving, and by rigging it that way, you're getting a like an under thump yeah it's almost like a wake behind it gotcha the original wake Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so if you kind of vary it out it all equals to one wake i like it i might have to throw it on there we'll see um no i i i probably should the chatterbait again i want to take back uh this is bass and bruise the most unprofessional uh podcast out here we make wild claims that have zero basis because I am a uh, moderate to mediocre bass fisherman uh, who really should just give it all up and turn into a crappie fisherman because I'm a lot better at that somehow. Um, or just give it all up and turn into knitting. Me and Delirious Angling have been talking about turning into a knitting channel instead. Um, but I made the wild claim that it's overused. Uh, I do think it's something I need to add to my arsenal more because I do fish a lot of like dirty, dirty tidal water. And it might help. Sorry, right. talking to my roommate. Um, You're good. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't tell at first. Like, is he having a moment? Is he just no, no, he's no. giving I, one up? He's actually grabbing something for me from my car. I was telling him my keys are in my room, <laughs> trying to do it incognito. But uh, but yeah, it like it, it, it's didn't one of those work out too well. No, no, uh, you're a better fisherman than you are a spy. Um, Dude, I'm not used to being on this whole YouTube thing. I uh, I tried it once out on yeah. the boat with me, thought I was going to do a YouTube channel. I'm terrible at it. I forget the camera's there. I measure the fish. I don't even show it. I throw it. I let my YouTube dreams go a long time Listen, ago. Listen, man, I think you might want to think. I don't know. Uh, did, did you have, like, the camera on your chest or – I actually went out with two. I went out with a camera on my chest yeah. and the one facing me on Dude, the hatch of the kayak. What made me feel better, and again, I'm not a big YouTuber either, but uh, putting the camera behind me has become like next level. because Then I feel like I'd really forget about it. Dude, that makes the best footage, though, because now you don't have to worry about it, right? You can fish, and eventually you'll learn that it's there, but it's out of the way. It's so not when you catch you. a big fish in the tournament and that adrenaline hits and your veins are pumping, dude, I never think to turn around and be like, hey, look at what I got. Like, I say, never know, think to turn around and be like, hey, I'm make sure you take, like and subscribe. 
yeah, I'm going to take <laughs> those photos and be like, oh, my God, thank you. Like, right. if, dude, if you look at my Instagram post from Alabama, I got 22-inch bass, biggest bass I've ever caught in my life. Yeah. Didn't even take a photo of me. No, it. I know. I know. I oh, 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 is there a, hidden it, photo? a photo of it on the board and a photo of it on the scale. Didn't I absolutely. I was like, how does he not have a, like, I thought you were going to surprise us with that. There was you joining old glory outdoors. And then Nate actually took a good fucking picture of him and the fish, but no, no, that wasn't the news <laughs> you broke. No, no, you got the photos of me with the check, not of me with the big fish. <laughs> I, I I think that all comes to your thing though, right? Like, okay. So you said, so I, the tournament I could get into right now, like I like doing the content creation thing. I, I actually enjoy doing that when I go out. I enjoy in a way where I'm not being fake. I'm not being a, a Guggen piece of shit. Like that's not a thing. And this is not Nate saying that. This is me saying that. Um, I, I don't like doing the fake uh, Walmart uh, put a flaming hot Cheeto on a fucking wacky rig and see if you can catch a fish. I don't like to do that. My videos are pretty straightforward. I go out and fish and I do a very uh, sub, uh, I do I do a very suboptimal way of going out and doing it. But um, like, I liked to do that kind of deal. You know what I mean? But if like mm-hmm. tournament is so like, if I got into the tournament, I kind of know that my, my YouTube would slack because I feel like that would be another thing to focus in on and not have to, because right now, like, I got to worry about catching fish. I got to worry about that. I got to worry about angles. I got to worry, am I talking to this dumb camera, which I'm awful at anyways? It's really funny. Like, I can talk really well here. Maybe it's the the beer and the Jameson that's involved. Maybe I need more Jameson on the boat. Maybe Old Town should put out a kayak accessory to hold a Jameson bottle in the river to keep it nice and cold. See tournament anglers, we can't drink Oh, I, you know what? I don't actually drink on the water I, at all. Highly against the rules. Yeah. Um, no, no, I, I don't drink on the water at all, but it'd be better for my YouTube because I'd be talking to that. You know what I mean? I'd be talking to, to the camera because there's definitely been times where I've hooked into fish. Uh, I broke my PB in May, right? And uh, I had was like a six pounder. Uh, it was six pounds, 15 ounces. It was epic. It was a New Jersey brute. Um, dude, I caught it on light gear ish. Like, I mean, it was caught on a flick shake. Like, that's a donkey, bro. I, I'm a semi erect now thinking about it. It was an amazing fish. Um, that's bigger than any bass I've ever caught. And, and you know, you know what's awesome about the river that I fish? Uh, my previous was six, two, six pounds, two ounces. I caught the six pound, two ounce fish, probably 200 yards from where I caught that one. That's awesome. And then last year I caught seven, five pounders all within a hundred yards. Like they literally stack in this canal system off a tidal river. It's amazing. Dude, Um, you got to do the KBF monthlies. That's a spot you need for one of them. I know. And but like I said before, it gets to it, and I'm like, I, you know, you know, it's funny. So I even paid the good money to get that nice metal catch board that yeah. just sits in the trunk. You know what? I actually might Dude, not I have that catch board. I might I not have that catch board because that might be in the flaming wreckage of my vehicle. That was yesterday. I just realized how much I use that thing. I think it was at the bottom of my trunk when my car caught fire. So that might be gone. If you need a catch board, I have four. Send me your address. I will. But those monthlies are still in the package. The the monthlies kill me because it's just I 
I don't know. Like, I don't have a lot of time to go out. Just like you said, you work all the time. I work all the time too. I actually, I don't work a lot. Uh, I, I work a good amount in the military, but uh, I, I watch my kids a lot. My wife works a lot. So I have to like manage all of those. I've got this big moving coming up in October. Yeah. So I'm trying not to like, I feel like once I get back, um, if you guys you don't know, I'm moving to the Bay Area. Oh, like really? Cali. Yeah. October really? 1st. Yeah. So I'm going to be there from October 1st, 2021 till October 1st, 2022. And I will be coming back to the East Coast as a civilian. We might uh, we might do a Clear Lake trip. I, dude, I was, you know, it's funny. So I've been stationed out there twice before and uh, I wasn't into fishing then. So I missed out on like Delta, Clear Lake. Uh, what's that other one? There's another one that's right there. And I'm just like, so Dude, I, so I like, me know when you have leave. Yeah. I will absolutely come out there and fish Clear Lake in the Delta. And Dude, I watch Greg Blanchard's videos on Dude. those. Dude, Greg oh, Blanchard, come oh, on. God. I want to go there so bad. I know he doesn't listen, but but I so Greg Blanchard because he fishes the Delta, which is tidal. That's what my river mm-hmm. is. I've figured out like my stuff almost through him because it's. I mean, their tides are different because they have twelve hour tides instead of six hours, but it's still yeah. kind of the same thing of when those tides shift. How those fish? Me and Cody talked about it too. How they're they're going to use the same structure and cover, but they're going to position different and they're going to bite different depending on where you're at in the tide. But I got a lot of that from, from watching uh, Greg Blanchard and he's really the one, like I bought my, my uh, great, it's a great starter boat, but it is a shitty paddle boat. It's the Ascend 10 T from Bass Pro, right? Like it's cheap. It gets you on the water. It doesn't paddle well. Um, it's kind of shaky when you try to stand, but you can make it happen. But I, I rocked that thing for four years and I remember when I got it, I found Greg Lance's channel. Like I've been literally watching him for like four plus years now. That dude's mm-hmm. solid. He's got good water up there. Like, dude, I remember watching him when he started in New York. Yeah, like, he was a stick out here too in the Northeast. He still is. He came out to Cayuga. <laughs> he killed it at Cayuga. Those videos at Cayuga were insane. So we had some technical difficulties. Uh, he actually fished tournament there. He should have been in the money. He had some Ooh. technical difficulties that kept him out of it. And uh, I had to say, he is uh, one of the most humble people. He had no problem admitting it. But, uh, dude, that guy can fish. Whether stick. it's northeast, you know, southwest, wherever he's at. I was going to say, because he used to fish in Texas, too. Before he did the whole Delta thing, he used to fish uh, Texas uh, trails yeah. as well. He, uh, he can fish anywhere. There's a couple of them, you know, Russ Snyder's. You right. see that guy at any tournament you're going to. You're always watching your back. I remember at Alabama, I met him uh, when they pulled the top ten up. And I remember talking to him, and I was like, dude, I thought you were coming for me all fucking day long. <laughs> like, all day long. I was watching your name. Like, where's he at? Where's he at? That's funny. <laughs> but, yeah, so so I'm going to head out there. I've been looking at doing some regular fishing. Uh, they also have, like, so leopard shark fishing is a big thing in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I guess I'll try that. It, it'll be different. But uh, when I get back, I really want to, um, once I find a real job, once I have to be a real person, um, <laughs> I really want to like get into that tournament side of it. Um, that's kind of my goal. So uh, I uh, 
what helped me really learn tidal fishing on rivers and stuff mm-hmm. is, uh, I lived in Long Island for mm-hmm. about a year to a year and a half. And uh, I actually helped out on the saltwater uh, charter boat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it really helped me understand tidal when I came back and started fishing the Charles and the Taunton. Tidal's something different. That's my favorite type of fishing. Um, it's also probably why my like my YouTube uh, isn't very popular because I fish the same area. Like I, I, I love the area that I fish uh, because it's different every time. What I like about tidal is I can I can call those spots, right? But I can call them because the tide is a certain way. The water clarity is a certain way. Uh, the sky, like like for me, I feel like tidal bass. I, I know for me, tide is huge. Water clarity is huge. And sky cover, like cloud mm-hmm. cover. Those are like the most important things to ensure on whether I'm going to have like a super productive day or not. You saw me say it in the uh, group chat the other day when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Cody and me were talking about big lakes versus rivers. He was like, yeah, well, what do you understand about rivers and tidal and this, this and that? And I just, I kept it simple. Don't even yeah. get me started because I right. know. Listen, I'll call it out now. Again, Nate won't. Nate is a sponsored, basically, uh, professional fisherman. Um, Cody, Cody Van Sant. I'm saying this right now to the camera. Uh, you fish private waters. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't have to say more. You fish private waters. You're basically a Guggen Squad member. And uh, we can just leave it at that. I had a feeling we're going to get kicked out of this chat, man. Whiskey, man, <laughs> not been a good choice for you tonight. <laughs> Listen, man, you might be right. So let's roll into rapid fire. I'm going to throw this like, man, this whiskey was a bad idea. Like, normally I'm pretty chill during these. I am amped, ready to, like, fight or fuck or something. So, um... <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> We're gonna change this to Bass and Jameson. It's gonna be a whole different podcast. Oh, I think I started something I shouldn't have. <laughs> oh man, we might have to do like a monthly. We're just gonna call it like the fucked up, the fucked up episodes where we just. Oof. All right, brother, you ready? You ready for rapid fire? Let's do it. What do you got for me? All right, we're gonna have some uh, old standbys, but I do have some new ones in here. All right. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Crocs versus sandals. Uh, I do neither. I rock NRS boots, and uh, I actually have the tan to prove it. Yeah, and look at that. Those ones right there. Uh, I don't wear sandals. I don't wear Crocs. I don't do either of them. NRS boots all the time, and oh. I look like a weirdo wearing I wear shorts. shorts wear shorts in those boots. Oh, yeah, shorts and then uh, the NRS boots. And then I go out in public in shorts. And I have, like, Nate, Nate's out there looking like a go-go boy out there oh, with yeah. his uh, high boots and his short shorts. It's a rough tan line, but uh, I will absolutely back those NRS boots, man. I've been bit by too many spiders and shit oh, and sandals to yeah. wear those again. But, uh, yeah, I don't mess with that crap. Uh, cover versus structure. I think I know the answer to this one. What is it? Uh, cover versus structure. You don't have to explain what you mean on What that. do you like to fish, cover or structure better? Oh, structure. Ah, it depends on what I'm fishing. 
River. Well, you got to pick one. It's rapid fire. No, it's rapid fire. It's first out of your head. I'm going to go with offshore structure. All right. But if you're on rivers, I'm definitely looking for something on deep banks closer. Okay. So. Uh, scrapple versus pork roll. I don't even know. Okay. Do you, do you know what scrapple is? No. Do you know what pork roll is? No. You guys don't have that up there? Ah, uh, no. I don't right. think so. You'll have okay. to explain what they are. No, me. I mean, pork rolls, salty ass uh, Canadian bacon, like ham. Okay. And then so, scrapple is like uh, in a weird shape, and it's a bunch of pig and cow assholes that you put maple syrup on. So a bunch of people are probably going to judge me for this. 100%. I am a, a big fan of spam. Oh, no, no, dude. Cheers to that. Dude, Dude, spam and eggs in the morning. You grill that shit on mm. the George Foreman. Forget about it. So, so good. So I know good. I'm gonna catch some heat for that being French Canadian, but you know, <laughs> I think you're gonna make a sandwich Saturday where I just cook up some uh, spam and eggs. Oh, like, dude, I live for it. I live. I love for spam it. and eggs, and <laughs> not that reduced uh, sodium. This is way off. Not the reduced sodium. That shit can go. Straight to hell. I want that full, yeah. like, sat in a bunker in Guam and then shipped back to me that, Spain. That shit will last you another 20 years. Type have, of have you ever tried a Masubi? Ah, uh, no. So no. Uh, it's a thing. I uh, I visited Hawaii uh, through my travels in the service. And uh, so they take, they make sushi out of Spam. So they cook Spam and teriyaki. I wish they, I knew about that when I was in Hawaii. I spent what? two weeks in hawaii i didn't know shit about that so they take spam they cook it in teriyaki and then they put some teriyaki sauce right and then they layer it with rice and wrap that bitch in seaweed and then they do a breakfast one where instead of just rice they'll mix scrambled like liquid scrambled egg and then fry all that rice so you have a fried uh egg and rice mixture with teriyaki uh spam wrapped in Listen, bro, you ever come out? I make them all the time at my house. We make them like I bought the little maker. Like, it's amazing. I love it. You might have to do a Jersey trip, bro. Dude, just so we can show you pork roll and a Hawaiian delicacy. (laughs) You might have to do a mass trip. I might have to. There's a lot more up in mass. There's a lot more up in mass than there are. There's honestly with hook set homies, there's nobody in Jersey. Well, I mean, there's one, but there's there's nobody really in mass either. You got me, Bobby, Sean, uh, Joe, Bill, Delirious. Bill, Bill's Connecticut. That's all the same thing, dude. Delirious. Connecticut. It's all the same thing. You guys are the same state. Don't don't you dare start putting us in with them. We ain't no Connecticut, man. All right, non-tournament fishing. Okay, non-tournament. The rare occasion that you are uh, fun fishing. So we're talking ice fishing. No, no, no. It's (laughs) In a three-hour trip, would you rather catch one seven-pounder or five two-pounders? One seven. Ah, fuck. We're talking non-tournament fishing? Non-tournament fishing. One seven-pounder. All right. Tournament fishing, five two-pounders. Absolutely. I 100% that's why I was like non-tournament yeah um and then we're gonna end it like we always do here this is the most important question on this show again this is uh critically acclaimed 
I've been preparing for this one. I got you. Let me roll up the sleeves for this. <laughs> well, let me get through the accolades. There's big news with Bass and Brews. Um, I didn't think uh, that this was going to happen. Um, I'm really proud to announce, especially on this episode with you, uh, we are the number seven podcast um, in the Mariana Trench. So that's really great. Like, we're Dude, really doing awesome. a great job. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Awesome. There's a total viewership there of four people. Um, and there's uh, four podcasts, but we're still number seven. So we're doing big things here. We're moving up the trail. But what we're known for, I need to know your top three sandwich proteins. And if you say cheese, we're ending the whole episode. No, no, no. So I'm going grinders because let's be real. If I'm going out on the water with a sandwich, and ain't no homemade shit. I'm going, you know, I'm going. Hold on. We got to go straight pause. Grinder, you're saying a hot hoagie or is that what you guys call a hoagie? That's just what we call a hoagie. You know? Okay. All right. So, a couple of my choices are hot. A couple okay. aren't. All so, right. I'm going to rock it with the steak and cheese to start. I do. So steak like a cheese steak cheese. or like a steak and cheese? So I do steak and cheese. Okay. Pickles, mayo. None of that onions, mushrooms. No. Yo, I'm gonna just- replay this back. Normally, we do sandwich Saturday. I got another one coming out right, and they're garbage sandwiches. This is one that is just gonna be delicious. I'm gonna talk nothing <laughs> but nice things about you, about how wonderful you are as a person. As I eat a delicious steak and cheese sandwich, that sounds on point. I love it. Oh, dude, that's my go-to. I love um, it. Other than that, I do an Italian toasted uh, yep. provolone cheese. Everything. Except okay. onions. So I'll rock the hots, the oil, yeah. you know, all that. Um, and then my third, I'm going to have to shout out a sandwich shop. There's a deli in uh, Wayland on Route 20. And they do what's called the El Dorado. Mm-hmm. Turkey, bacon, ranch, and then a bunch of extra stuff that I can't even name <laughs> just add everything else they and have just, that day oh dude if I'm near it it's what I'm getting I love it man those are all awesome not only like I feel like you elevated the top three protein game because not only did you give me your top three proteins you just built me three uh, sandwiches which I appreciate Originally, I'm not from the East Coast. One thing I appreciate about living here, you motherfuckers love your sandwiches. Uh, I, dude, I mean, I've gone to other states and asked for a sub, and they've looked at me like, what are you looking for? You looking for a sandwich? And I'm like, no, no, no. We're in the complete wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. This has been awesome. Um, I definitely want to have you on again at some point. I want to get you. I mean, maybe I can get you after you. I know the big podcast gets you on the big wins. So I want to get you. I want to get you on your big loss. So when you get, if you drop real low, I want to get you on that one. I want you sad and depressed. You got me right now, man. You got me right now. So uh, two weekends ago, man, I thought I was on them. I put two fish over 18 on the board. I finished 52nd at a 65 in the national tournament up at Massalonsky. So I remember seeing that one. Don't, don't, uh, don't think I'm anything great. We all have our days. Uh, I actually no, won listen. five he, tournaments in a row without catching a limit. 
before this fourth place finish. So you caught me at the right time. Got him at his <laughs> down point, but you guys need to check him out. Uh, where can people find you at? Um, so I'm going to take this time to shout out my sponsors as well. Okay. Um, I mean, we, we can skip my segment and go right to yours. I was going to yeah. do that next, but no, you, you got it, man. You got the big checks. You run this show, bro. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram at uh, shags29. That's C-H-A-G-S-2-9. I'll have that in the description of the YouTube video and on the uh, the podcast description too, everybody. My uh, Facebook page is Nate Shagnon. Um, you can find me there. Um, I want to take this time to say thank you to, obviously, Hookset Hoodlums. Uh, they're what brought me and Alex together. You know? Yes, sir. I don't think I ever would have known you without Hookset Hoodlums. Probably not, but- yeah. Uh-huh. I'm glad I do, though, brother. I'm glad I do. Oh, uh, dude, you're one of my favorites out of that group chat. Um, Way too much of that tonight, too. Uh, where, so where are you at? Oh, no, uh, I think I got you beat. Tonight. I don't oh. know. I still got three quarters of a cup, too. Um, <laughs> but uh, I had to say thank you to Fresh Bates. Um, they actually, they were the first people to ever sign me. I knew them back before they were ever even Fresh Bates, back when they were just a YouTube channel called Get Bent. And uh, I've supported them 100%, and they've supported me 100%, and I wouldn't be here without them. Um, Dead Fish Gear out of New York. Uh, they supply a lot of good stuff. You can find them on Amazon. Um and then, uh, you know, I want to shout out Oh Glory Outdoors again. Joe, uh, amazing person, veteran-owned company. Um, basically, you need anything, you give them a call. They'll, uh, if they don't have it, they'll drum it up for you. And uh, those amazing customer service between everybody that works there is just awesome. Um I like to thank Dakota Lithium Batteries, uh, powering my fish finder and everything. And then uh, thank all at KBF, MAKB, uh, Elite Kayak Series. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for any of them. So, I'd awesome, like brother. Them, dude. I loved having you on. We got to do this again, probably with more booze. Uh, we'll <laughs> see how that goes. But, uh, hey, man, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, We're done. I think I've done enough damage uh, to my career in Nate's, so we'll call it. (laughs) Later. Sounds good, brother.